What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of A Fighter's Story. You guys came here for Tom Lee because you definitely did not come here for me. I had a great time talking with the dude. He's super positive and driven by the love he has for his family. I needed some of that positivity. Man, did, did it help out. Um, I don't want to disclose too much about the episode, but we did discuss his ugly finger, and I'm pretty sure I got flipped off of that one. Uh, all jokes aside, I had a great time talking with Tan. He's a very positive person. Person, Sorry, apparently I can't talk today. He wants nothing more than to provide an ass beating in the cage as fast as possible. And with his 100% finish rate, he makes it look easy. So that way he can get home to his little girl, get back to being a dad, training, and coaching. I'm sure you've had enough of me, so I'm just going to kind of shut up. Get out of here and let you listen to the one, the only, the one FC featherweight champion, Tan Lee. All right, Tan Lee, thank you for coming on, man. I I genuinely appreciate your time. Um, Everybody seems to know that you are the featherweight champion for one championship. Uh, you recently defeated Gary Tonin. I watched that fight, and being a jiu-jitsu guy, it hurt. Uh, <laughs> it, it hurt me seeing you beat the shit out of him. Um, he was not going to let that ankle lock go, man, or that heel hook. It was just over and over. But, uh, yeah, you beat him, um, and now you're calling out Volkanovski. Um, you want to unify these belts, uh, and you also have a 100% finish record. Um, what some people may not know is kind of the story about how you got to where you are now coming up through Louisiana. So I was kind of hoping we could start there, just, um, kind of walk us through the life of growing up in Louisiana and end up where we are now. Yeah, man, it's, um, it's been a journey. It's been long and it's been, uh, I tell you what, it's, uh, I hear a lot of people always talk about, um, enjoying the journey rather than focusing on the destination and that's has been hard for me to do that and uh, I have a, have a really tight circle around me I've been lucky enough to have a group of guys and, and family members and a family that reminds me to do that on a regular basis and that's not a, a something that comes natural to me you know I uh, I'm a very goal-oriented person and throughout that entire journey it was all about where am I going to land? Where am I going to end up? Am I going to make enough money to make this journey worth it? You know, like the stuff that shouldn't matter, it starts to matter a little bit when you don't get those things, you know, like it's easy to say, like, it's not about the money when you're making money. It's, you know, it's easy to say it's not about the the success or the wins and losses when you're winning. Uh, but when you're not making the money or you're not winning, then it's, or, or you're kind of in the, the middle ground. It's a, it's a little, it's a little hard to deal with. And, uh, you know, I've dealt with that on a regular basis, but, um, yeah, it's just having a great circle around me to remind me that the, the journey is the beautiful part and growing up in a martial arts family and kind of going through that path and, and taking up fighting and kind of just diving headfirst full in on that has been so awesome. And it's, a uh, it's definitely been a change of pace for me. And, uh, yeah, I, I love it. I love every step of the way. It's taken a while to enjoy the journey, but that's where I'm at right now. Yeah, because you grew up in like a Taekwondo background, if I'm not mistaken, Louisiana. And Louisiana is not known to be the nicest place to grow up in. Um, did you 
were you taking Taekwondo kind of as a self-defense thing or was it a discipline thing your parents got you into or kind of how'd you get into it to begin with? Yeah, so that's uh, an interest, I guess, a, a different story because uh, my dad did Taekwondo and martial arts ever since he was a kid back in Vietnam. And then he came over to the States, um, you know, established his life here, established his family, me included, obviously, and that whole thing. Uh, during that entire process, he's always been in love with martial arts. So he's always done, uh, you know, like Kung Fu, dabbled in Judo, but mainly uh, Taekwondo has been the the focus for him he taught he's spent years and years um getting good at that and then he has a school here in metairie louisiana so i grew up um doing taekwondo on a regular basis daily in class really wasn't a thing uh my whole childhood memories were traveling going to tournaments whether it was the local circuit or um you going to national or u.s open or whatever the case trials team and stuff like that so my goals as a kid and uh, the fun things for me as a kid were a little different than what guys are used to but no it definitely wasn't a self-defense thing um I did it because more of for the martial arts side because my dad was so involved my uh, mom eventually got involved my brother obviously is involved so it was kind of a family thing there um and then we really stayed away from any of the unsafe areas you know we're about I don't know 20 minutes out from like middle of new orleans so you know we didn't grow up around any kind of crazy dangerous stuff we also stayed away from that that type of thing because i was too busy going to class every night leaving school and going straight to the to the gym you know so um that's one thing that i always preach to like the parents and stuff that i talk to is get your kids involved in anything really but martial arts i love because not only does it keep them out of trouble off the streets for for the most part it it gives you you know, tools to understand how to stay away from trouble. And if you do run into it, how to deal with it, you know? And uh, so that was, that was my entire childhood. It's just martial arts, family, martial arts, friends, mar martial arts, uh, hangout groups, going to, to bowling on the weekends every Sunday or Saturday with the guys from the Taekwondo school. My first girlfriend was from the Taekwondo school. Like that was my entire life, man. Like it was, uh, and I wouldn't change any, any part of it, honestly. Yeah, yeah. It's funny when I talk to some of my friends and they find out that our school has a kids class for jujitsu and for Muay Thai. And they're just like, you know, why would you want your kids to do that? And I'm like, no, you don't understand. Like, I've seen kids coming in that are just badass kids. And within a couple of weeks, they're a lot more behaved just in the gym. You know, the parents are coming up to the coaches, thanking them. There's so much more to it than what you think you know the violence or the combat actually is it's it is an art form uh it's and it, there's a huge amount of discipline that goes into it so it's definitely something that i i believe people should get into i wish i got into it earlier actually i uh i agree with all of that man it's like um yes uh i guess i don't want to say unfortunately because that's my favorite part but the translation of it to the outside world is the violent part of it, right? Like you're kicking mm -hmm. people and punching people and doing this and doing that. But really, God, it, it's taught me so much. Like my parents accompanied with martial arts, hand in hand, having a good set of coach parents, you know, like people don't always fall into that, I understand. Um, but that shaped me as a, as a human, as a man, like how to 
uh, respect people, how to, whether or not they might be acting a little shitty or not, like how to, you know, conduct yourself in, in, in a professional manner with respect, with honor, how to treat people that aren't treating people great, how to treat people that are treating people great, how to, you know, how to, uh, you know, problem solve, how to be calm in stressful situations. Like, God, it's just so much that goes into it that it's like, uh, it's not just one or two things. It's like, yeah. it literally shaped me as a human and I, I can't praise martial arts enough for that. Yeah. So with you coming up in Taekwondo and having more of like that um, refined, I guess you'd say, like the just the one discipline martial art, how did you get into MMA with that being more of the the violent, you know, mainstream combat, you know, that everybody kind of looks at as the negative side? How do you get into MMA? What's it's a funny story. Okay. So we um we grew up doing Taekwondo, going to tournaments, all this, right? I have a buddy of mine, Carlos Verich, just had a fight last Sunday, won by guillotine. Shout out to Carlos, awesome job. Um, and my brother, my dad, and my mom, and my wife. We all went to just a local show. Somebody gave us tickets to. I kind of didn't even want to go. But we go, we watch these local fights, and Carlos and I and my brother, Vin, are like, man, it's, it's not like, it's not too far off from what we already do it's just got a little you know obviously different arts mixed into it but like it reminds me of tournaments except it's a little more bloody a little more violent right I'm like I, this is cool like this is way cooler than i thought it was going to be maybe we should try it out so i would never recommend this to anybody and it was a little ways back so the skill level in general amateur mma was a little lower um so we just signed up for fights with zero training. It was the dumbest thing. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, exactly. You laugh like that now because you know. And yeah. I had no idea. We're idiots, you know what I mean? And I felt like I was a relatively, you know, like educated young man at 26, but that was so stupid. Who anyway, we signed up for fights. And um, we signed up for fights. Oh, give me one second. I apologize. Let me get this crying baby settled. Yep. Moments. All right, so we go to the show, we sign up for fights, and before, uh, you know, we have any training, we go to and pop into a gym, but happens to run into uh, my current head coach. Um, so we have this guy, Tran, shout out Tran, and my current head coach, Sean Gayton, who I didn't know at the time, and we're, we're going through just basic, like, how to get up off the ground, underhook stuff. Right. Uh, this is how you throw a punch, like, a, I think about two months of that. And we took our first fight and got so lucky. We both got first round knockouts. Lucky is the word. And we've been in, been in love and training like we've, like we're behind schedule ever since. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. And so was your amateur record, were you undefeated in amateurs as well? No. So uh, actually the fight right after that, when we started taking training seriously, I ended up losing uh, and getting uh, grappled to death and, um, so that was, I was four, 13 and one as an amateur. I had a lot of fights because I, I'm not like boasting or anything, but I had to take a lot of fights because they, a lot of them ended in the first round. Like they were quick knockouts, you know what I mean? So I didn't get a lot of ring time. So we got a lot of fights to, to kind of make up for that. 
I wish I could go back and just make all of those fights, even if I thought I could knock them out in 10 seconds, just make them three, three minute rounds and get the experience, you know, but that, you know, I didn't do the best job of that. I was kind of trying to, you know, trying to do what I do. I knew and and ended up hurting people and getting some quick knockouts, but um, 13 and one as an amateur. And then, you know, obviously now moved on to the pro situation. Yeah, definitely. How's the hand going, by the way? With all those workouts uh, you've been doing, it's ugly and it's uh, the, the finger, finger is or? is not so pretty. But it closes, it makes a fist. I don't uh, I don't think about it when I train. It's yeah. it's off in another world, so it, it doesn't affect me at all. And it's it's been it's been good to go. Yeah, yeah. I, I was watching an interview you did where you did like some X-rays. You thought it was fine, and then like five six weeks later, a hand surgeon decided to chop you up a couple times. So. Is it going to continue to be this ugly nub that you you got, or is it going to eventually go down a little bit? Thanks a lot. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're <laughs> uh, no, no. So I could make it look like the rest of the fingers. Yeah, yeah. The issue with that is that takes recovery time. So when I initially talked to him, he's such Dr. Eric George here in, uh, in Metairie. He's, he's so good and he really cares about what, we want, you know, as, as patients and fighters. And I was like, I want to be back ready to go as soon as possible. He's like, okay, it's going to be ugly and, but it'll work. It'll function. It'll be as, as tough and, and rugged as your other fingers and you'll be good to go. I'm like, cool. Yeah. I'll make it pretty after I quit. Like I, after I retire, I don't, I don't need that right now. And I didn't want to take like the extra eight weeks of recovery to, you know, to, to kind of go through that. And I was already kind of in a, a crappy mood in in general because i had three surgeries on that same finger they finally got it settled but um yeah i was just ready to kind of get back and stop being a, a patient and, yeah. and go back to my old ways of training every day and doing my own thing you know oh yeah no i have cancer so i have to deal with doctors a lot and mm. uh it's it's just really weird dumb thing but dealing with doctors you feel like a number like just way too many times is it just like you're in the waiting room. They'll make you sit there for 20 minutes. What if you were five minutes late, they'll cancel your appointment. And it's just this system that is, it doesn't work, but I completely get the recovery time with me. I was just wanting to get back in the gym, wanting to do something and just physically couldn't move that much, you know? So you had to, and then having to rebuild that mental callus of, or physical callus too, of getting back into the gym and feeling that pain again and getting over it and everything. Have you been able to get back into the gym and kind of get like full on? Is your hand like good to go now? Or are you still kind of held? Back? Oh yeah. Uh, well, first of all, I'm going to say, uh, sorry to hear that. And I hope everything's, you know, uh, heading in the right direction. So oh, good luck on that. Thank, with, thank you. With all that. Um, but yeah, that, that's one of the good things is so, I've, I've been lucky to run into, so my wife's in the, the medical field also. She's a nurse uh, in an emergency room. So uh, we've happened to have like good referrals and things like that. So that I haven't run too much into the, to the numbers thing. And I'm sure you see, a, you know, or saw or see a lot more doctors than I do. So I, I understand where you're coming from on that one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it took a while to get back. But one of the things like, one of the things I always preach to young fighters is like, man don't let something physical uh stop you from being in the gym being around your your people your training partners watching class and learning mental reps are just as important as physical reps especially when you're going through some shit where 
where you can't physically perform and you need to be around that environment because yes, going to physically drain myself and roll and punch the bag and spar and all this is so like almost detoxifying here and here in the heart and the body. But being there mentally does the same thing for me, man. Like just talking martial arts with people who understand what I'm talking about, just watching people perform and roll and kind of seeing things from the outside and critiquing things from the outside and you know, it's stepping a little bit into the uh, coach role, stuff like that, like being around that, if you enjoy it, like I enjoy this, I, I would genuinely be doing this, even if I wasn't getting paid to fight, I would still be doing martial arts every day. Obviously, I'd have some kind of job, some kind of income to create that, but I would still be doing martial arts. I love what it's all about. and I love what it is. So I will do that every day. So if it's something you actually enjoy, surround yourself with that, whether you can perform physically, you just need to sit on the side. You just need to be at home watching YouTube videos of new techniques or old techniques. Like, don't let yourself. So I'm very habitual. So I'm telling you all my flaws here and how, how, how weird I am in certain scenarios. But I'm very habitual. So if I take a day off or something like a 24-hour period where I actually don't physically do anything martial arts or mentally martial arts or step into a gym, like I kind of the next day, it's one or the other. I either can't wait to get back in there. Or I fall into like a routine of like, oh man, I kind of don't want to go today. I get a little weird socially too. So not being around people or guys for a while and then kind of stepping in, going back into that environment is a little weird sometimes too. So I, I tell these guys to keep that routine going if that's something that affects you and watch class, read martial arts book, watch YouTube videos, do all those things to, to keep you in it here so when you can physically go back to do it you were you almost didn't miss a stride and yeah. that's something I, I have to focus on I did that with my jaw surgery I had uh, a couple plates and stuff put in and that was a, a shitty wired shut situation for four weeks the finger thing uh shoulder surgery like I've had a couple of things where the you know I've had to take some time off and god if if I hadn't followed those like little rules for myself it would have put me in like a little depressed state probably, you know, I, I could feel myself going into moods like that and I have to pull myself out. Yeah. I know like for me, Muay Thai and Jiu-Jitsu, it's sometimes it's, it, I get this reset, like in the middle of class, it'll almost be, I'll mess up. My brain just stops. And then for the rest of the day, I'm just a little bit calmer, a little bit, you know, it's like this little mental reset of, and especially in the days I don't want to go, that that's I always have the best workouts on those days. For some, it just, as soon that's, as I start sweating, you get over it, it. It just works out that way. That's how it always is, man. I don't know yeah. why. I don't know what it is in here or with the human body, but, but I I feel like everybody says that, but it's the fucking truth. It is yeah. the truth. Oh yeah, yeah. So we all have our struggles and like need those resets and things like that. And you've had, you know, now you've had the the jaw, the finger getting you out of the gym does put people into like that dark space you know that depressive space sometimes we just can't get away from it um what are you doing to get yourself out of it aside from martial arts because that so, can be a really depressing place for sometimes besides uh martial arts because we've already talked about like how big of a piece that is of my pie you know mm -hmm. it's my family I'm, I'm very family oriented. I, I spend way too much time with my family. It's awesome. I love it. Like it might be too much for other people, but we're really close. We're like oddly close. 
I hang around my parents. It's pretty much me, my brother, my mom, my dad. Like it's us four. And then obviously we have our significant others and all that good stuff. Um, but like for my circle, it's mom, dad, my brother, my wife, my kids. Like that's the, the innermost, uh, tightest, see you every day. I see them at the martial arts school where I teach because uh, my dad still teaches. I see them obviously at night, uh, during the day, like all the time. I train with my brother. He's my coach. So he's in all my practices. So being around family for me is huge because it's a big pick me up. They know me so well. You know, my wife will start, you know, whatever she's doing. She'll, I did, sometimes you don't want her to, but she'll drop everything she's doing just to try to pull me out of a funk. And I'll try to do the same when things happen with her. Like it's, it's definitely like a partnership relationship between yeah. all me and these these cogs in this system but spending time with family is big and then honestly like on nice days like this being outside helps me a lot man. like I don't care if it's just in my backyard with blowing bubbles with my daughter or something or going to you know push her in a little car out front like just being outside helps is, is such a big big piece yeah yeah so what was it like to be able to sign that one FC contract? And then I don't remember the time, but it was like under a minute or something. You got the win. Um, and what's that like to be able to like come back to your wife and say, you know, all this time, the struggle going into it. Cause what people, well, a lot of people know this, but fight, you don't make shit. Fighters do not make any money, you know, until you get those bigger promotions. And even then, you know, the money still isn't there until you win and you're, you're higher up on the card. So what, what's that like, you know, to be able to turn around and be like, you know, we did it. I won. This is real, you know, and yeah. What's it, what's interesting is, uh, yeah, the money situation has been kind of a big piece because I feel like I've been brought myself to a skill level where, where I can start earning some, some big dollars and, and finally getting onto a bigger promotion. But you know, the, the, I really wasn't happy with where the money situation was until this last fight. And it's a, uh, and I had the belt before that I beat Martin, but yeah. I, I beat Martin on a, a small check and something I felt honestly a little disrespected by, but it's uh it's the way it works, man. Like you, you, you do fighter pay is not where it needs to be. Obviously, I feel like, in my opinion, one does such a better job than some of the U.S. promotions on, on profit sharing. But still, fighters in general, this, this industry just doesn't make a, a ton of money in the fighters' pockets. So um, that was a struggle, like, mentally to, to go through dedicating my entire second of every life to, to trying to get good at this thing that I didn't even know if it was going to pay, pay off in the end, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's why bringing back to the first question, like just understanding, like I enjoyed martial arts. I enjoy performing in front of people. So, you know, I would also obviously have to figure out a way to take care of my family, but I would do this no matter what I would do this for free. So I'm very grateful that, uh, that I'm able to make good money now, you know, doing what I love. And yeah, I actually, so what's funny is my wife know that knows that that bugs me a little bit. So I'll come back home and be like, Hey, that was uh, a lot of money for 56 seconds. And, she, you know, <laughs> she's, she get, she gets mad because I get mad about the same thing. I'm like, God, that was 18 months of training. That was 10 years of preparing. That was yeah. seven years, eight years of working with Ryan Hall on a daily basis, moving up to Virginia, moving back home, going, putting my family through all this shit just for that 56 seconds. And God, 
guess what? It's fucking worth it, man. <laughs> the great thing about you, in my opinion, is is the and I know you got to get out of here pretty soon, but is you're not in it for the money, and it shows. You know, it, mm. it, it shows very obviously when you speak publicly about trying to unify the belts, you know, and you're trying to do it by beating somebody who is a savage, you know, um, not to say you're not because, I mean, 100% finish rate, most of them under a minute, like that fight has to happen at some point. Um, with your career kind of being built up to this and now with fight promotions, who knows what's going to happen, like with Triller and all the crazy bullshit that's going on over there. Um, what do you see kind of happening next for you in your life personally and professionally? So there's a, a few branch offs that, you know, uh, so I try to approach fighting with, you know, in an intellectual way, not only like, Hey, I got to be fast and powerful and good, but like be smart about how you approach the game, be smart about how you approach fights, be smart about how you approach opponents. I try to do it everywhere in life. I'm not always as successful, <laughs> obviously, but I try, you know? And uh, so that's a, that's had a lot of thinking has gone into that. And there's a few routes, you know, that, that we're going to explore. Um, I think the immediate step during the transition of fighting is uh getting a little bit into like film and, and things like that. And that's definitely something I want to explore because I really enjoy that. Um, you're right. I do this because I love it. So the next things that I'm going to do aren't really going to be, it's going to be the same thing because I happen to find a little success this way. I'm going to follow this path because I believe it's the right way to do things, mm -hmm. whether it's going to pay me or not. You know what I mean? Film happens. I have a little bit of money in it, but you know, same deal. You can go through film a lot, really long time and yeah. not make much money at all. But I, I, I like that side of things. I like the, the action scenes. I think that's really cool. You know, I'm not really in it for like the fame or anything like that. Same deal with fighting, man. I, I feel like I'm approaching it the right way. I do things. What I think is, is the most honorable and correct way to do things as a human, as a man. And I think that's will carry me in the right direction. Uh, film, and being a gym owner and a coach, those are two pieces that I really uh, have a passion for. Um, and then I think it, it's not just an obvious step from fighting to coaching. It's something that I think I'll be really good at because I've taken an intellectual route to fighting and not just going out there and being the toughest dude on the planet. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I will fight through anything. I, I will die in there. I, but so will everybody else, you know? And if you quit and you really don't have that heart, cool, it makes my fight easier. But if you do, cool, I do too. What is going to separate us from that point on? And uh, being smart about the way we approach the game, strategically, tactically, uh, what weapons we choose to use, I think that's going to carry past. And I think that's, that's the way I think is the best way to fight. If I knew of a better way, I would do it. So I obviously think that's the best way to fight, and that's what I want to pass along to, to whoever's coming out here and trying to learn a little bit about martial arts and how to fight and follow these dreams is yeah do it how Mayweather did it do it where he can still have a conversation and talk to his grandkids when he's 80 yeah. years old you know what I mean and and I don't I don't care if my fights are exciting or boring I happen to knock a lot of people out now I'm very grateful that uh, I do end every fight one way or another and that puts on a great show for the fans and I really am happy that I'm doing that for people so they can get some joy out of what I do don't get it twisted, though. 
I am not going to change the way I fight to get in a certain promotion. That's been proven. I'm not going to change the way I fight to, because I believe it's the right way to do things. And I, I want to be able to talk to my grandkids in fucking, you know, 50 yeah. years. And that's, that's what I want to pass along. And that is the way to fight in my opinion. Yeah, no, I like that. I like that you stick by your morals and, and it's very high ground and a very positive moral standpoint to have. So, so I, I like that. Um, you're, uh, you're breaking up just a little bit. Could you, could you go through that one more time? Oh, I was just saying that, uh, that I, I like that. I like that you, you stick by your morals, you know, that, mm. and they come from a very like high standpoint, um, from a good place. So that you don't see that very often. Um, but yeah. All right, man, I will, uh, go ahead and get you out of here pretty quick. Uh, you want to go ahead and let us know kind of where we can find you. If you got any fights coming up on the, in the future, I'm not really sure if anything's been announced yet or if anything's in the works. <laughs> Yeah, nothing's been announced, but we're aiming for the summer. So maybe, I don't know, July, August, something like that. I'd like yeah. it to be a little sooner, but we'll see. Um, but I think I'll be back in there relatively quickly, uh, especially with this big U.S. push with uh, Amazon Prime, being on Prime Video, um, and, and, you know, all this cool stuff coming out at once. So, yeah, if y'all want to find me, I'm pretty much Tan Lee MMA everything. Uh, Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook uh check out the merch uh i've got a couple shirts out we're trying to come out with some other stuff soon and uh yeah i just want to give a shout out to um Paya seasoning thank you guys for the support and dipnotic detailing y'all check them out here in the uh the new orleans area uh, my boy brandon taking care of taking care of cars out here and making them look beautiful definitely definitely all right man i uh i appreciate your time um it's been an honor to have you on my show genuinely appreciate it so you uh go enjoy your family time and it was nice talking to you thank you so much thanks for having me on right, thank you good luck with everything man thank you hey everybody thank you for tuning in to a fighter story listening to the entire podcast honestly thank you means a lot Go ahead and follow us on Instagram at A Fighter Story. We're on Patreon at A Fighter Story. TikTok through A Fighter Story. We are everywhere at A Fighter Story. And I just want to go ahead and recap the fact that I just talked to Tan Lee, the 1FC champion. That's pretty dope in itself, just to say that the fact that all he's ever known is martial arts growing up in the family business of taekwondo signing up before his first fight before he even started training then went out and found a gym got some training partners got two months in and knocked the guy out almost instantly he has 13-1 amateur record 13-2 pro record he's a brown belt under ryan hall fifth degree black belt in taekwondo obviously now he's a 155 pound featherweight champion of 1FC. Obviously, he's a really good dude. Uh, he was he was fun to talk to on and off of the podcast. So I want to give a huge shout out to him. Tom, thank you for your time. And I also want to give a huge shout out to the show's sponsors, the Fight Nutritionists and Apex Massage. Go ahead and hit them up on Instagram. Show them some love. And if you need any tips or tricks or anything like that for nutrition or for body mechanics, definitely hit them up on Instagram and I am going to let you go. So thank you again for tuning in to another episode of A Fighter's Story.